Amen. Good morning. Isn't it good to be here? And happy Easter to everyone. Glad that you are in the Lord's house on Easter Sunday. We are, are glad to be able to celebrate together. If you have not yet purchased your items for the month of April, it is April showers. So those little shower puffs or some bars of soap or some uh, washcloths. Okay, so please do bring those things. If you don't have the time to go, you're welcome to give some money for our shipping costs. Or if you don't have any money, get a shoebox, and uh, we'll be happy to. Or if you have those little, uh, this just came to me, those little totes, those little clear totes, you can, if you have some of those just sitting around, you're welcome to bring those, uh, as long as it has a lid on it, because I've seen those at the, um, when we've been able in the past to go and, and volunteer, we, we've seen those too, so anything like that uh, would be very welcomed. In two weeks, we have First Sunday Meal, so if you're here today, then you are invited to First Sunday Meal. Be here, we want to see you with lots of people and food. Uh, you always get that message, but I'm um, being very serious. So make sure that you are, are here for that purpose. Um, next Wednesday, this coming up Wednesday, is our blanket gathering, our blanket night. Yes, so if you are, uh, are participating with us or if you'd like to join, you can start on Wednesday, bring your blanketing items and come over to the fellowship hall. Uh, we are doing that in there, and Brother Mike is having his class in here. So either way, you're going to get some fellowship and and time of togetherness. But if you want to, if you're wanting Bible study, be over here. If you're wanting to put blankets together, be over there. So you you decide. But we want to see you on Wednesday. And if you'd like to participate in that in any way, we're going to be giving our blankets to the Crisis Pregnancy Center. But if if you are not putting a blanket together, or if you, like me, are <clears throat> taking a really long time to get your blanket together and probably going to have to buy one and just finish yours up later, um, <laughs> then, bless my heart, then uh, you're welcome to donate some items, uh, some some baby formula and that sort, and diapers and that sort of thing. So 
keep those things in mind. Anything else, we will let you know. Uh, Mother's Day is coming up. And homecoming is in like six weeks, y'all. Okay? I know that it's hard to imagine because that's like the halfway point of the year. Oh, my golly. Six weeks away from the year being halfway done. So keep that in mind. Be here. If you're here today, not only are you invited to first Sunday meal, but also to homecoming. So be here. Uh, we just, um, today, I just want you to to get excited about what the Lord has done. You know, the, the fact that he was raised from the dead, we're, we're talking about purpose, and as we, as we go into our message today, talking about purpose, and I wondered, what was Jesus' purpose? I mean, that sounds kind of dumb, because we know, what was Jesus' purpose? And was it just to live a sinless life as an example to us? Was it just to come and die for our sins? Was it just to be resurrected for our victory? And it is all of the above. And so today we have come to celebrate all of the above because he is our example that shows us how to live. And he is our Savior who shed his blood for our forgiveness and for our healing. And he is our resurrected King who provides victory through his third day resurrection. Amen. Let's stand this morning and go to the Lord in prayer. Ask him to have his will in the service. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. God, we're so grateful for who and what you are. Lord, we worship you. We thank you. We're glad to be in your house on this beautiful Easter Sunday. God, we are grateful that you have opened your doors to us. God, that you have brought us into this place to have fellowship one with another, but most importantly, to meet here with you. Father, I thank you and I praise you that you sent Jesus to die for our sins, that he was willing to leave the glory of heaven and come down for us. God, I thank you that he was willing to be crucified, to be mocked, to be scourged. God, I'm so thankful that he knew the cost, but he still paid it. God, I'm thankful that you have, you put him in the grave and three days later you raised him back to life and we can have victory over sin. God, that we can be victorious because of what he did. Thank you, Father. I pray that you would work and move in each and every life. God, there is no one who is here by accident. There is no one who is watching by accident. They may have thought they're just here for Easter Sunday and for a, a special service, but God, we know that there is there is a purpose and a plan for each person who is here today. We just ask your will be done in everything that is said and done today from the very first prayer to the very last prayer that you be lifted up. We thank you. We praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. search the world but it couldn't feel me man's empty praise and treasures that fade were never enough but you came along and put me back together Satisfied here in your love. Oh, there's nothing better than you. There's nothing better than you, Lord. There's nothing, nothing is better than you. 
You're the 
Praise God. Bless the Lord. Hallelujah, yes. Thank you, Lord. Bless the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. He is good. Somebody else brag on the Lord today. Amen. Are you glad that you belong to Him? He, yes. I think I'll write a song. He was there all the time, waiting in line. In that way, he is. He's there waiting for us, you know. And and we do often. We we seek help from other directions first, but he's waiting in line, and I'll be there when you. <laughs> Woo! Hallelujah! Somebody jump over the church with this preacher. Praise God. I want you to do what Jennifer has asked you to do, and that's come to First Sunday meal in a couple of weeks. I want, I don't know, Stacy. I don't know what you make the best. I don't know your uh, uh, the best food that you cook, but I want you, if you will, and you you're not working, and and you can get um, that young man up out of the bed, uh, and and come that Sunday. And bring the favorite thing that you cook, and let's and all of you, let's be here. And that's one of the best fellowships that we have is first Sunday meal, and then the next one down the line is homecoming, and that's when we go real big, isn't it? Hallelujah! And looking forward to it. I praise the Lord. I believe all of you praise the Lord today for His goodness. And we'll let a, one more if you want to brag on the Lord Jesus Christ. Are you ready today to praise the Lord? Amen, amen, amen. Thank you for watching at home, all of you. May God bless you. And I understand that at least one has had to stay home from church today to fix for a crowd that's coming in. Praise God. Amen. Just open a, open a jar of pig feet. Praise the Lord. Amen. God bless you, folks. We love you.
morning. Welcome to Cornelius Church of God. We're glad to have all of you with us this morning. But if you invite me and you have that, ha please have something else too. <laughs> Another choice would be, you know, would be okay. It's good to have you with us. If this is your first time being here, I hope that you enjoy our service and will come back. If it's your second time, welcome back. We're glad to have you, and we hope that you enjoy our service this morning. It's time to receive our tithe and offering if our usher will come at this time. Brother Joyner, will you say the blessing over the offering this morning? seen the light I wouldn't long for the sunrise if it wasn't for the night if there hadn't been a father who made a way when there was none I'd still be an orphan if it wasn't for his son if it hadn't been a still be buried and my soul would still be lost if there hadn't been a savior who died to make a way i'd still be a dead man if there hadn't been a Hey. 
water's edge I drop my dreams when I drop my nets No hesitation, no regrets I followed you, but that was then And this is now You washed my feet and you changed my name I'd never be the same But just like the tides I guess people change Cause that was then And this is now I wish I could go back But I don't know how I remember when I stood my ground I swore I'd never let you down I wanna be To me, my love came down. So take my hand, I'll lead you out. Cause that was there in this
Preparing a place where the sorrows erased, and when I stand before you.
Good morning. It's now time to receive um, prayer requests this morning. Sister Hager. Yes, let's remember Sister Hager's boys and River. Brother Mike. Definitely keep praying for Brother Mike's family. Amen. Sister Joyner. Pray for Sister Judy. Miss her this morning. Go ahead, Jason. Yes. Pray for Jason, y'all. Make sure we pray that the Lord works it out for him. Yes. That's it. Um, anybody have any unspoken requests? Raise, stay, stand with me as we take these to the Lord in prayer.
Glad y'all were here. Again, glad you're watching if you are. Glad to, that you can see us and that we have that capability. So we are excited to be in the Lord's house. I hope you are. And again, some of you may have thought, hey, I'm just here because it's Easter. But no, the Lord knows. The Lord sees us, and he has a purpose and a plan for each of us. Last week, we began our study about defeating the purpose that each of us has a purpose, each of us has a reason to exist, that if there's breath in our lungs, that means God still has a, a plan for us, a purpose for us, and that so often, especially in today's world, the enemy will try to tell people, you don't have a reason for living, you don't have a reason to go on, and, and they give up, but I want to encourage you, encourage all of us, that God has a purpose. There's a purpose for every life, and the the enemy wants to, we talked last week that the enemy wants to defeat our purpose by cheerless giving. Cheerless giving. And we remember laughing liberality, that we are to give cheerfully, to give willingly and readily and hilariously, knowing that when I give to God, he will give back to me. We know that bounty follows benevolence, that whatever I sow, Whatever amount that I sow, I'm going to reap that back. And we talked in our class Wednesday night that, you know, bounty, and we think about, uh, you know, getting, getting all that cash and stuff, but, but bounty can also be good health. It can also be the Lord keeping us from things harming us. You know, we, we don't know the things that the Lord has prevented from happening to us, the, the accident we didn't get into, the, the relationship that we were saved from. Uh, we don't know what it is that the Lord has protected us from, but that's a blessing. And that when we give to Him, He gives liberally back to us in ways that we don't even recognize and, and understand. And that giving glorifies God. Not only will we be blessed, because it's a guaranteed blessing if we give, but also that the Lord will be blessed, that people around us are receiving from the Lord and that they'll give glory to Him for His goodness. So on this Easter Sunday, we recognize something that could have hindered the purpose of Jesus and threatens to defeat our purpose, and that is denial. 
Shane asked if it was going to be an Easter message. What kind? Not 100%, but yeah. So the word denial, according to Webster, number one means refusal to satisfy a request or desire. And number two means refusal to admit the truth or reality of something. Either of these definitions can cause issues in our lives, of course. So we are going to see how Jesus dealt with denial. We're going to be in, in Matthew chapter 26. So Jesus was poised for purpose when we see him in, in this setting today. So Jesus' purpose, we talked about it at the very beginning. Jesus' purpose was to live as our example to die for our sins, to be raised for our victory. He, he knew his purpose, whether or not he had an awareness as an infant, we don't know, but he came as, as a human, therefore he would develop as a human does. So, so whenever his awareness kicked in, we wonder, did he know who he was? Did he know that his purpose was going to be living and dying and raising again? Well, he was sent to seek and save those which were lost. We hear that when he, when he talks about his ministry purpose. He was sent to give his life as a ransom for many. And he knew all of that by the time that he had lived these 33 years. He knew what he had to do. So in this chapter, we see all the events leading up to Christ's arrest and crucifixion. And within context, it's very, it's very interesting when after we see this small portion to read all of it in context is, is kind of neat. So at the very beginning of this chapter, the chief priest hatched a plot to kill Jesus. Right after that, the, the woman broke her alabaster jar of perfume and anointed Jesus, and he said, this is preparing me for burial. The next thing we see within the chapter is that Judas meets with the chief priest to set up an opportunity to betray Jesus. Then Jesus had a Passover meal with his disciples, leading to the institution of the Lord's Supper and to foot washing. Then, as they're eating, Peter learns that he will someday, soon, deny Jesus three times. And he says, no, no, Lord, not me, not me. And then later on we see, and, and later on in this chapter, we see that he does. All this, all these things lead up to Jesus praying in the garden, and that's where we're going to look today. So starting in verses 36 through 38, it says, Then cometh Jesus with them to a place called Gethsemane, and saith unto the disciples, Sit ye here while I go and pray yonder. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Then saith he unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Tear ye here, and watch with me. So Jesus and the disciples went to a garden at the base of the Mount of Olives. The Mount of Olives plays a lot into the ministry of Jesus. We know from a few weeks ago that the Mount of Olives was where he ascended back into heaven. So a lot of times he would go here and pray. So the Mount of Olives was very well known. In fact, Judas knew that that was a place that Jesus went often, so that's where he told the chief priest to, to come when it was time to betray Jesus. He knew that they would be there. So they arrived at this garden called Gethsemane, and this word means oil press. 
eight of the 11, because by this time Judas had left, so there were no longer 12, it was just 11, eight of them were told to wait in a certain place. Jesus took Peter, James, and John a little bit further and began to suffer emotionally. So he said, okay, you guys sit right here, and we are going to go a little further up and pray. Come on with me, guys. And he goes up, and he said to them, I am sorrowful. This word in the Greek means distressed and sad. And he said, I'm very heavy. This word means, or this term means, full of loathing, troubled, depressed. This word, very heavy, is only used three times in the New Testament, twice in reference to this particular occurrence with Jesus. So this is a rare type of sorrow. And Jesus is expressing it to them. He told them that his soul was exceeding sorrowful, meaning grieved all around and intensely sad, to the point of death. So this was not just a a fleeting negative thought or a bad day. Jesus was suffering mentally and emotionally. When we think about Jesus, we know from, from the prophecy of Isaiah that he would be a man of suffering, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. And we think about Jesus in his physical state when he was being beaten and he was being crucified with the nails in his hands and his feet, that the crown of thorns was on his head and his side was pierced. We think about all these things, these physical things, but oftentimes we miss the emotional turmoil that Jesus himself was going through. And when we understand that we have a high priest who is able to feel what we feel because he went through the same kinds of things. It was not just a physical battle. It was mental and emotional. He said to Peter, James, and John, stay here and keep watch with me. Stay awake and pray. And then in verses 39 through 46, it says, And he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, O my Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. And he cometh unto the disciples and findeth him asleep and saith unto Peter, What? Could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away again the second time and prayed, saying, O my father, if this cup may not pass away from me except I drink it, thou will be done. And he came and found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. And he left them and went away again and prayed the third time, saying the same words. Then cometh he to his disciples and saith unto them, Sleep on now and take your rest. Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. Behold, he is at hand that doth betray me. So Jesus went on a little further. He had taken the three disciples further into the garden and then he tells them sit right here and then I'm going to go in a little further and pray he fell on his face a posture of petition and desperation not just on his knees but he is so desperate he fell on his face before his father and notice he didn't say if you can he said if it's possible that you will 
allow this to happen. Of course, God, you can do this. Of course, what I'm asking you for, you can make a different way, but not what I want, what you want. He said, if, if, you, can, if you will, let this cup, in a figurative sense, this lot or this fate, let this fate pass me by, yet not my will. Don't let me do what I want to, but your will be done. When Jesus returned to the three after praying, his question was laden with sad disappointment. Apparently this word, what, we know we think, what, it's just a question. But in the Greek, apparently this is really forceful type of what. Like, what? It, it's a, a term and an idea that can't really be conveyed into English. But he was really let down. He was super disappointed with them that he had called them out here and they had fallen asleep on him. He needed them and, and they fell asleep. What? Can you not just stick with me for one hour? So he warned them to pray lest they fall into temptation, a trial, a proving, testing of one's fidelity or integrity, much mirroring his own. He's like, I'm in the midst of a trial and you need to pray that you don't fall into the same trial. So because that is an internal struggle with an external desire, he said, I want to do right, but, but what I want is before me as well. <laughs> I want to do right, and have you ever been there? Uh, Lord, I want to do right, but evil is before me. Lord, I want to do right, but, but there's so many temptations. Lord, I want to do right, but the struggle is real. <laughs> That's what Jesus was going through. So he went back two more times praying the same words. He says, Father, indicating relationship, desiring the mercy of kinship. He said, Lord, please let this pass from me, but have your will and help me to be accepting of it. I was listening to someone just recently who said that oftentimes when we go to God, we want a mother's love and not a father's, meaning that a mother's love will often coddle us and, and hug us and kiss us and, and take away whatever pain it is. But a father's love says, you're going to have to learn from this. A father's love will, will say, yeah, I know you're going through stuff right now, but you're going to have to move through it because it's going to develop you. So he comes to God saying, God, I don't want coddling. My Father, I don't want you to, to cuddle me or comfort me. I want you to work with me through this. God, I, I want one thing, but if this isn't what you want for me, then help me to follow your will. When he returned to them a third time, it was obvious that he had come to terms with his Father denying his request. He said, rise, wake up because the one who will betray me is near. You know, Jesus could have taken matters into his own hands. He, he had all power. He was fully man, of course, but he was fully God. Later on in this chapter, he said, I could have called down legions of angels for the Father to come and rescue me. I could have. If, if that was the plan, if that was what God wanted, I could have done that. He said, but he said, let's, let's go ahead, because the one who's betraying me is on his way. I've accepted what it is that God wants me to do. I've accepted what it is that is my purpose. It would have been easy for him to hide himself. It was a, a garden with olive trees everywhere. 
He could have gone and, and hidden in the groves. But he faced his purpose. So what does this have to do with denial? Well, sometimes we, we live in denial. Within this context, we see Jesus win perhaps his biggest spiritual battle. We a few times were privy to the spiritual battles of Jesus, like when he was 40 days and nights fasting in the wilderness. We see that. But here, we really see the emotional state of Jesus. His heart was broken, so much so that Luke tells that Jesus began to sweat blood. That detail is not given in Matthew, but Luke's account tells that, that he was so anguished and his heart was so broken that he began to sweat great drops of blood. He was struggling. Knowing his purpose, but wanting to do something completely different. How often does that happen to us? God, I know what I'm supposed to be doing. I know what you've called me to. I know what you want from me, but I don't want to do it. Maybe y'all have never dealt with that. You're just happy as a lark to be doing what you do. It may be that most of us assume that when we're serving the Lord, we're doing right, we're, we're walking in our purpose, we'll be completely happy and satisfied and always ready to obey. Yeah, I'm, I'm, on, the, I'm on the right track. I'm excited. Not so. Your purpose may lead you to some dark places. Because God is less concerned about your happiness than your holiness. He said that godliness with contentment is great gain, but not a requirement. It's not a guarantee. I mean, the contentment is up to you. So sometimes we, we see the issues that we're facing, or we go up against something that's really difficult, and we say, God, that, this can't possibly be your will because, you know, I'm going to really be struggling if I go through this. But we are guaranteed difficulties Jesus said, in this world you have trouble, but I leave you my peace. So we know we're guaranteed difficulties. If you're thinking it's just going to be worry-free, you're in the wrong place. <laughs> you're not in the wrong place. You're in the right place, but you need to get your thinking right. <laughs> so how can we keep from defeating our purpose? Follow the example of Jesus. The first thing we see here first thing we see of Jesus is to be mindful with your sharing. Jesus did not deny his feelings and struggles. He didn't just suck it up and put on a happy face. But he did pick only a few to share those struggles with. Even though all of the disciples had been with Jesus from the beginning, these 11 had seen Jesus through all sorts of difficulties, had seen the, the miracles that he had done. He, they had heard all the words that he had spoken. They had seen and experienced everything. But a select few he took aside and told that his heart was broken to the point of death. And those are the ones that he asked to pray for him. Those other eight we don't know what they were doing. They may have fallen asleep. Those other three did, bless their hearts. So those, those first eight, they were at the entrance to the garden. And then those other three, he brought in a little further and said, I'm going through some stuff. I've got struggles. 
I'm hurting, I'm depressed, I'm broken on the inside, and I need you to stay up and pray with me. So there are usually two types of people. Those who post all their issues on social media. You know, I just love it. I'm going through some stuff, but don't ask. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. Wasn't going to. I, if y'all do that, bless your hearts. Stop doing that. Um, but there are people, you know, who, who are posting all the, their stuff. This is bad, and this is wrong, and my life is a wreck, and it's in shambles, and this is terrible, and I feel defeated. And, and if you feel that way, don't deny your feelings. But again, it's n not that everyone is, should be privy to that. But then there are those who deny having problems at all. No, I'm good. Everything's fine. I'm happy. Life is great. No issues here. Leave me alone. But there must be balance. Not everyone can be trusted to pray for your struggles. You might hear about them on someone else's page later. So, oh, you know what so-and-so's going through. We're j this is just a prayer request. We don't gossip. But just pray for this person, okay? Because this and this and this is going on in their life. Now, there's, those people aren't denying their struggles. Really, really showing them. But each of us needs someone or a group, a circle of someones who can handle our struggles without judgment and without themselves becoming discouraged. We need to find someone that we can talk to and say, I'm really going through this, and I don't know what to do about it. Can you pray for me? That's what Jesus did. I think there are times that we live in denial for the sake of others. But that only leaves us feeling isolated and resentful. We, we hide our issues. We say, no, I'm good. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. But inside we're dying. And inside we're struggling. And inside we just don't want to keep going. But no one ever knows it or sees it because we want to put on a good face for everyone else. No, if they see me discouraged, they'll be discouraged. If they know that I'm having issues, then, then they'll worry and it'll upset them. But then we become very isolated, and that's a ploy of the enemy. That's something that Satan wants to do to us is keep us away from people, keep us from sharing, keep us from receiving prayer, the intercessory prayer of a fellowship of believers. Follow the example of Jesus and talk to someone you can trust. The second thing that we see Jesus do is to take it to the Lord in prayer. As I was writing this, as I was studying, I began thinking of that old hymn, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. And it says it very purpose. it says it very perfectly what a peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. There is nothing that God does not want us to share with Him. There is nothing that God cannot foresee because we are 
open and naked before him. He sees within our hearts. He knows the thoughts and intents of our heart. We, we can fool people. We can look great on the outside. But God knows what's going on on the inside. So he wants us to be bold enough to take it to him and lay it down at his feet and say, Father, I am struggling and I need your help. To fall prostrate before him in prayer. But oftentimes we pattern ourselves after a newer song and says, oh, I'm fine, yeah, I'm fine, I'm fine, but I'm not, I'm broken. And, and we try to put a mask on and we try to deny, 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 oh, I'm fine, everything's great, everything's going okay with me, but I'm broken on the inside. The outside may look great, but the inside, I'm in denial about the struggles that I'm facing. So then I get high to make it through. And I have to get drunk to keep those thoughts at bay. And I, I have to buy more things to stay content. And I have to eat to be comforted. And I have to gossip so that no one sees what my issues are. We're only pointing to other people. And I resort to pride because I want to look good, but I don't want anyone else to know what's going on with me. And we've got all these sins building up and these issues and these habits that are building up because we refuse to say, I'm struggling. We're in denial. I have to turn to idols to keep denying that I have pain and discouragement on the inside. All the while, our Heavenly Father is waiting for us in the garden. Just waiting. Just waiting for us to turn everything over to Him. Gethsemane was literally a, a place of pressing. It's known as the oil press. That's the name. That's what it means in the Greek. It was at the base of an olive grove, and people would pick the olives and bring them down to Gethsemane to press. To press the oil out of the olives. And sometimes when we're struggling, we have to get to a place that there's a press on our oil. What do I mean? The oil represents the anointing. And sometimes when there's a struggle, there's a press on our anointing. And it, if the olive is never crushed, if it's never pressed, then nothing, it, it'll only ever be the olive. Until it's crushed, until it's pressed, the anointing, the oil stays inside. But sometimes the pressing, sometimes the issue, sometimes the difficulty and the struggle is for the purpose of pressing the anointing out of us. When we are willing to fall down on our faces before our Father and tell Him the truth without denial, that is a place of fresh oil. If you've been feeling dry, no oil, no anointing flowing. Get to the place of Gethsemane. 
to surrender yourself to that place of pressing. The third thing we see is that God's denial does not hinder our purpose. The first definition we talked about of denial was refusal to satisfy a request or a desire. And this is what the Father did to Jesus. He denied his request. Jesus said, Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. And God said, nope, not possible. This may make us wonder, what's the point of taking my, my struggles to the Lord if he's just going to deny me? Luke tells us that as Jesus was praying, an angel came and strengthened him. He didn't get what he wanted, but he got what he needed. He received the strength to face his purpose. What if God had said yes? In this case, what if, what if Jesus' purpose was to come and to live and to suffer and die and to be resurrected to life so that we would not have to go through the sacrificial system anymore and that all people who would call upon the name of the Lord can be saved instead of just a select few of the Jews. So what if God had said, yes, Jesus, that's fine. I'll let this cup pass from you. Jesus would have lived however much longer, preaching, teaching, having some of his purpose fulfilled, but not all. And then we never would have receive the benefit of him doing what he had been called to do. Who would suffer if you gave up on your purpose? Sometimes God changes the plan. We see that a few times in Scripture, that, that someone prayed and God turned it around. But oftentimes, we pray and he changes our heart. And that's where we need to be today, to refuse to deny. To refuse to, to just sit with a stoic face, painted on smile. Yeah, I'm good. Everything's fine. When it's not, and we're broken. God wants all of you. God wants all of you. Your heart mind, soul, and strength. Not just what you're willing to give Him, not just what you're willing to admit to Him, but your whole self. Jesus died for you. We're celebrating that today. His death and resurrection. He died for you, so He deserves no less than all of you. So if you're in denial today, if you're doing it half-hearted, then I pray that God would begin even now to deal with you, to, to open up your eyes to see there are places in my heart that I'm struggling. If you have been living in denial, understand that living in there, staying there can defeat your purpose. So we must be mindful with our sharing. We must take it to the Lord in prayer and understand that God's denial does not hinder our purpose. As the music plays, 
don't know a one of us that hasn't done that before has said, yeah, I'm okay, I'm fine. And again, you, you got your people that you're going to share things with, and that's good, that's okay. But if you have been living in a consistent state of denial, if you have been coming to church, being around your family and your friends and just putting on a face, then today's the day to change that. First of all, if you if you don't know the Lord as Savior, I want you to understand that that's, He died for you. He died for your sins. That was one of the reasons He came. And all that you have to do is confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. Confessing that you have sinned. Yeah, I've sinned. I've messed up. I've done wrong. But believing in your heart that Jesus is the only answer to that sin. He is the only antidote. He is the only one who can cleanse it. And then with our mouth we confess, yes, Lord, you are my Savior. It's as simple as that, as easy as that. So if there's anyone here, as we pray, that you need to repent. Or maybe you've known the Lord for a long time, but you got stuff. And you know it's time. In whatever posture is best for you to receive, if you need to stand, if you need to sit, if you need to come down to the altar, I encourage you to do whatever it takes. We're going to go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father, we come to you today giving you thanks and praise and glory and honor for who and what you are. Father, I thank you that... From the beginning of time, from before the beginning of time, Jesus was slain for the forgiveness of our sins. Father, I thank you that he was not a plan B, that you didn't just hope that Adam and Eve would do all right and that that may work out, but God, from before the world began, you knew you were going to send Jesus. You knew that you were going to call us to be your children. Father, I thank you that you accept us, that you invite us into your presence, that you allow us to bring our issues to you, that you want us to lay them down and say, Father, this is not what I want to do. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Father, I pray today. First of all, if there's anyone who doesn't know you as Savior, whether it's because they used to and they don't anymore, or that they've never accepted you, God, I ask that today be the day, because there is no guarantee of tomorrow. I pray that you would speak to hearts right now, that they would understand all they have to do is say, yes, Lord, I'm a sinner. Forgive me. Forgive me. I know that Jesus is the only way. And for those, God, who are struggling, for those who are in denial, I pray that you would wake up their hearts right now. God, for those who are, who are in denial and so deep in it that they may not even see it, but you do. Father, I pray you would begin to speak to their hearts, convict their hearts, stir in their spirits right now, that they would see places 
that they need to lay out before you. Father, I pray that each of us would be able to find someone that we can trust to work with us in prayer, to agree with us that the struggles would, would be fixed. God, that we would agree with someone in prayer that we could live out our purpose. God, that, that we could trust someone to say, yes, I've got issues. Yes, I've got things going on. And I need you to pray for me. God, I pray that each and every one of us would understand that you are the answer. You have all the answers, of course, but God, you are the answer. You are the one that if we are struggling, if we are wondering how we're even going to make it, that we can turn to you. That we can lay down before you. That we can put our face to the ground and say, Lord, I'm, I got this going on. I pray that you would press my anointing. God, press my anointing. And Father, I pray that you would help us to understand that even if things are not going the way we want them to, that your plan is perfect. Your plan is right. God, I pray that we would follow your way and be happy about it. God, that you would help us to be content with our godliness, to not turn to anything other than you. Your will be done in our lives today, God. I just pray your help. I pray your strength over each person. God, for each person who's here today. God, I just pray you would begin to take the mask off. And for that one who's saying, it's not me, that they would know that you're speaking directly to them today. God, I believe it. I believe it. That we can lay out our fears, our emotions, our sadness, our confusion, our disappointments before you. Father, we need you. Father, we need you. for what you're doing in people's lives. We thank you in advance for breaking our hearts and pressing out our anointing and making us right with you. Thank you, Jesus. And today, on the happiest of days, we say, oh, we're people, may Yahweh bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you. And may he give you his peace. In Jesus' name.